Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Travis Brown, who covers all things Aggies for the Eagle out of College Station. And as always, we appreciate him coming on. And uh, Travis, hope everything is well, man. How you doing this afternoon? Man, can't complain at all. It's, it's, we're gearing up here for another uh, exciting fall sports football season. Uh, almost got all my previews done, so that, that, that's about the best you can be. Yeah, there's no doubt, especially uh, at this point in time in fall camp, which you know, we, we know like here in Arkansas, the, we hear from the coaches, we hear from the players, we know where everything's kind of sitting at right now and some of the uh, big storylines and everything. But just in the first week or so or week plus of Aggie football camp, What's kind of been the main story coming out of College Station for the Aggies? Yeah, I mean, I think everything falls back onto the quarterback battle between uh, Max Johnson and Haynes King uh, and who's going to lead the Aggies because I think most of the disappointment that Aggie fans experienced last year with uh, some of those losses that they probably shouldn't have suffered falls back on the fact that they had just absolutely no depth at quarterback once Haynes King went out hurt. Uh, the, the starter at the beginning of the season, Zach Calzada, while he did manage to rally and beat Alabama, uh, had some ups and downs in the season. And, and I think that a little bit more consistent quarterback play could have probably uh, pushed the Aggies to a few more wins. So I think everyone is real focused in on uh, who's going to get that starting job because really and truly, if you look across the board, besides maybe linebacker, the, 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 I mean, but not, not even really there, the, everyone pretty much knows who's going to slot in where, at least in the starting lineup. It, it's quarterback that's the biggest question. Of those quarterbacks, who do you expect to be the starter there? Haynes King is a guy that's coming back from injury, and it's been said many times that you shouldn't lose your starting spot because of injury, but we know that there were a lot of changes within in that team with Calzada taking over as a starter until Haynes King was able to get back. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you, if you – as far as what we've asked Jimbo Fisher, it's, it's a pretty neck-and-neck neck battle. Both guys have been taking the same amount of reps from the little bit that we've seen uh, in, in practice, and Jimbo Fisher said that both guys are getting the same amount of reps with the first team uh, to this point. He, he really only evaluates the quarterbacks in scrimmages, and they've only had two, I believe, to date, with another one coming up this week. If, if I were a, a betting man, I'd say that, Next week might be the time for an announcement, so they can go ahead and get that out of the way and uh, have that the, the guy who's going to be the guy running the the last week of of fall camp. But I, I, I do kind of agree with you. I do think it's probably Haynes Kings to lose uh, with the experience that he has in Jimbo Fisher's system, which a lot of people you know comment on the fact that it's it's a pretty complex uh, system to learn. Matt Max Johnson does have the SEC game experience, but uh, it it's the, the time in the system that I think gives Haynes King a little bit of an edge. However, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if either one of them gets the nod because of, of how close it seemingly has been through this fall camp. Is that simply what's going to keep A&M from contending or possibly even winning the West? Because obviously there's a lot of talent. The recruiting's been great. We know Jimbo Fisher is a perfectly capable coach. Does this year's success simply hinge on quarterback play, or is there a lot more to it? I think it's the biggest. I think the two biggest question marks are quarterback play and necessarily what the defense looks like under a new defensive coordinator. Of course, Mike Elko goes out to Duke to take the head coaching job, and so much of what he did at A and M um, 
on the defensive side of the ball helped solidify things, kept A&M in games when the offense just wasn't necessarily clicking. They return a lot of the same players. It's going to be a very similar uh, type of system that Mike Elka ran under DJ Durkin, but you always have to kind of get out there and see what it looks like, how the players respond, and how the, the some small tweaks in the tactics uh, uh, change things on defense. But yeah, I, I do think quarterback play is, is going to be a lot of, of what uh, how, how the season goes, and a little bit wide receiver because they're a little bit light there uh, too, but I think they uh, the freshman Evan Stewart's gonna gonna pick up a lot of pieces uh, for that wide receiving group. A and M sixth in the AP poll, seventh in the coaches poll. Is that about where you expected them to be? Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good spot. Um, I, I think it, it's you know I think they could actually be pretty happy with uh, going in there having the season that they had last year and not necessarily knowing who their quarterback is going to be. It, 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 it's pretty favorable. Um, for the Aggies, but they do return a lot on defense. They're going to be a really, really strong defense, probably the best defensive secondary uh, in the SEC. Uh, and uh, Devon A. Chain, the running back, uh, is going to be one of probably the best backs in the league as well if he continues the, the pace and the, the production that he's had as a backup the last two seasons. So, um, yeah, I think that, that that's probably a pretty good spot for them to start out. You know, another thing, too, about, about this A&M team is, is there's a lot of expectation. You know that uh, Jimbo, then during the COVID year, they had a great year, only that one loss. And then last year, you know, obviously they had the great win over Alabama, but people are still wanting more. Just from what you've been covering and what you see from this team and what you've been hearing, do you think this is the year? Do you think this is the year that they take that step that not only do they contend for the SEC Western Division title, but possibly even win the SEC Western Division title? I don't necessarily think it's a, a, a this year only type window. I think that uh, I think that building a a double digit win season. I think being in contention, if not getting into the college football playoff, would be the logical next step. Which winning the SEC West is probably a part of that. I, I, I think that there the, with, with the freshman class they were just able to bring in with the relative youth of that they have at quarterback um, usage that they have along the, the outsides of the, the wide receivers and um, some on defense as well. I, I, I think that the window is, is a little bit more than a season, but I do think that to, to, to make Maggie fans happy, to, to show that um, things are progressing, they do need to take a big step forward from last year, uh, and that's not losing some of those games that they probably – uh, should have won, and it's probably getting the double-digit wins uh, this season. Two FCS opponents in the first two weeks, Sam Houston State, Appalachian State, and then a six-game stretch of Miami, Arkansas, and then three road games, Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, back home against Ole Miss. That's a tough stretch of, of six games there. Yeah, yeah, this is the uh... – that, that's the other thing that's kind of weighing against the Aggies this season that wasn't necessarily last, that last year. It's the way that the, the West, their, their, their um, schedule in the West is set up every year. They have, they have a tough year and they have a, a much easier year. And this is a little bit of a tough year where you go to Alabama, where you go to Auburn. This year going to South Carolina isn't going to be easy um, with what they've been able to do up there. Um, so I, it's a travel – the schedule doesn't necessarily work in their favor – as it does in in the uh, uh, what is it the the 
the odd years, the odd years are, are, are better for the Aggies when they get Alabama at home, when they get uh, Auburn at home, and uh, and South Carolina too, as they look now. And then, of course, I mean the Arkansas game is we've talked about this plenty of times. This is a straight toss up between those two teams with how much um, they enjoy playing each other. Neutral site game, everybody gets up for playing in Jerry World. Um, it, it's always exciting, and 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 that game is is no matter where the teams are, what the records are, where they're ranked, it, it's you know it's always going to come down to the to the last quarter. Even before getting into conference play, what do you think of the Miami game? Talking about a Power Five school that that's coming in to play A and M after playing those two FCS teams. Yeah, it'll be their first big test. You get to see exactly kind of where they are. I think um, I, I think that, that there's a lot of of um, variability on what people think this Miami team can be too. I mean, a lot of people think they could be a team that could be a a, a playoff buster with what they've been able to to, to bring in with a a new head coach uh, bringing some some spice to the program with the NIL deals they've done, but they also uh, there's also a new coach. There's some gelling that needs to happen, so it, it'll be not only interesting to see where A and M stacks up against them, but to kind of see where Miami is uh, on the whole grand scheme of things. Uh, because I, I don't necessarily know. Think a lot of people. I think a lot of people can know what the, the potential, what the ceiling can be for Miami, but I don't necessarily know if anybody knows quite how close they're going to get to it this year. Another thing, too, is you mentioned that Arkansas game, and that, I think that's maybe why Razorback fans in general think it, it's so, like, where they have a good chance of winning that game. Obviously, last year uh, gave them a little extra confidence, but it, it's always a crapshoot. You never really know what to expect in those games. Even when A&M won those games for that long period of time, they were always cr- close and crazy things ended up happening. Uh, where do you rank that game, or what do you see from that game specifically as far as the matchup going up against the Razorbacks this year? Yeah, I mean, it might be, uh, other than Alabama, it's probably be one of the better uh, uh, defenses that they'll see this year, especially defensive secondaries. Um, I, You know, I, I, a lot of talk always from the A&M side before the news of Texas and, and Oklahoma coming over about who – a&M's SEC rivals are. I think we've talked about this on the show before, and, and I did a column during media days before Jimbo Fisher kind of talked a little bit about some of the discussions that happened in Destin, that if they move to the three permanent rival, uh, permanent team scheduling model, I think what it should be for A&M, if A&M got their way, would be uh, Texas, LSU, and Arkansas, because as much as anything, even before you go to the seven overtime game against LSU, Arkansas was the game that, that kind of got the blood pressure up and got the, the, the blood pumping for, for both fan bases, both teams. Uh, and and because of that, you've got that kind of rivalry feel of throw out the spread, throw out the record. Uh, crazy things can happen because everybody's going to be playing their best game, and, and you got some pretty good games because of it. Now let's just let's just get that game moved out of the 11 a.m. slot, and uh, then it's really exciting things will happen. Well, not only the time, but how do you feel about the game being in Arlington at AT&T Stadium? Is it time well, see, to move it to a home and home? Well, that'll be interesting because the contract's up in 2024, and that'll lead right into the first season where they get the expanded SEC. And at that point, uh, it, it could be a moot point because if they like depending on what the model is, if they have one opponent every year, one rival or three or pods or whatever, 
that uh, Arkansas could may potentially not be a part of that, and then it's just going to be a home-and-home home whenever those fall on the schedule with the other six games, which makes that whole storyline a little bit interesting. I think, of course, both ACs want that game back on campus. I think most of the fan base probably wants that game back on campus. I'm a little uh, biased to this because I'm from Dallas, so I get to go back and see my family and some friends every year. So if they're just catering to me, let's keep it in Dallas, but no one is catering to me. So I think the fans would like to see that game move back to the campuses, whether it be an every year thing or not. I even think Razorback fans who there's a huge contingency of Razorback fans in Dallas. A lot of kids from the U of A or attending the U of A are from the Dallas area. It's a short, for at least from here from Little Rock, four and a half hour drive compared to other places too. I think Razorback fans really enjoyed it, but I even feel like on their side of things too, they're kind of getting to the point where like, all right, let's go back to the home and home. And I think even some people, Travis, put together maybe an idea. I don't know if this would work. I don't know if this would be the way where – maybe they alternate like every third year where it's a home and then a home, and then one year they play it in Dallas. Do you think something like that, I don't know if it would be feasible, but would that be something that maybe A&M would be okay with? I, I don't think so because there's too much money to be made hosting those games, hosting SEC games um, back on campus. And I think that's, I mean, as we know with everything in college football, it comes back to the money. Uh, and, and that's giving up one of the SEC games to share a gate and, workout contracts and stuff when all of that money could come back into uh, the, the program through, through ticket sales and, and through concessions. So I think most coaches, most athletic directors are wanting to move away from that neutral site, um, those neutral site options, unless it just gives an absolutely monumental once every couple of years type thing, uh, playing a new school somewhere crazy that they'll get the fans to travel. I don't necessarily think that that's, going to be in the cards i don't know being a uh, not having a stake in any of the two programs i think that playing it in dallas adds something a little bit special i know of course arkansas came down here in 2020 and probably a and everyone who is an a&m fan would say oh this is great getting to play arkansas in kyle field and everyone would push back on me against this but those games in jerry world in cowboy stadium uh, always uh stick out my mind a little bit more uh, than, than that one did, um, of course, a little bit closer in the ones in, 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 uh, in AT&T Stadium as well. But there's something special to that, I, I think. But, again, I would I would be reason to bet that most of A&M fans would push back on me on that and they'd want to see it uh, home and home as well. The thought by most is that A&M is uh, second, maybe third in the West. Where do you have them stacking up overall in the SEC? I believe I voted them second in the West. I think going to Alabama this year is just going to be a, a, a tough task. It, it's as good of an Alabama team as, as they've had. They, they didn't, you know, they're not rebuilding, they're reloading. Uh, uh, just just salty. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it out there, but I do think they'll be a, a double-digit win team if, if the quarterback play plays up the potential and the defense rolls right into a new defensive coordinator the way that everyone thinks they should. Uh, I, I think they'll be right there. But, yeah, I, I just don't think this is the year to beat Alabama at home. Um, but, you know, that's why I would play the game. So we'll be out there and ready to see. So let's play the what-if game. What if, Travis, that it doesn't go well, or at least to the expectation? What if Texas A&M goes like 7-5, and five, maybe an 8-4? and four? Do people just kind of say, well, next year's the year, we'll be all right? Or do people start getting legitimately upset with the current state of things? 
I think if they if they go seven and five, I think that there's probably going to have to be some damage control done within the the, the ranks of the coaching staff. You'll, you'll probably see a couple of coaches, whether it be assistants or coordinators, uh, get switched out. Um, I think Jimbo was able to buy himself some, some more. Not that he was on the hot seat or anybody's bad graces, but I certainly think that there was a bad taste in the fan base's mouth about uh, what happened last year and, and the way that some of those games were lost. I think pulling in that historic signing class certainly um, helped alleviate some of that pain and some of those bad feelings. And so I think that buys him some time, a little bit of time for, for criticism um, moving forward. But, yeah, I think that there, they would be at the point then when that there would need to be some moves made to, to reassure the, uh, the masses that, that things are going to point in the right direction again because they, last year was supposed to be a, a pretty good season and, and it didn't turn out to be that way. Injuries and everything included in that. With the class that they brought in, where they make the most improvements on this team? Uh, well, you know, I mean, like, quarterback is, is deeper than it's been in a while because, I mean, through most of last year, it was that Calzada and a walk-on, um, and that was basically it. That's the reasoning they gave of why they didn't play a bowl game last year is because they, they didn't have any quarterback. So you got to look there to start out with. I think adding uh, Evan Stewart at wide receiver is going to be huge for them because um, if you look at uh, their, their deep play statistics, they've been, not been a team that has wanted to throw the ball more than 40 yards over the last couple of seasons, and he provides that that deep threat that um, they just really haven't had. They had it in Caleb Chapman, who they thought, but he got hurt again that Florida game when he had those two long touchdowns. That's been about it since. So I think that um, really, really helps a lot. And then they just completely reloaded on defensive line, uh, which is one of uh, Jimbo Fisher's favorite spots to start at recruiting and bring in, of course, uh, uh, Walter Nolan, the number two prospect in that class. Uh, you're going to see a lot of those uh, freshmen uh, that, that came into uh, uh, Brownlow Dindy, um, a lot of those guys rotating in, getting some significant time there. So I think that's the main spot to see. And then the, the really interesting thing that I've taken a lot of uh, uh, time and, and focus and energy on is the, the tight end room, because they have six viable options to play tight end. Um, and who has six options to play tight end in college football anymore? I mean, that room, they must have had to move into a new room or something to have enough space for everyone when they're having uh, meetings because it went from a, a group of, like, three guys to, to six or, or even seven uh, now, and I, I don't know how they're going to get enough playing time for all of these guys, but they have some great options at tight end, and, and Jimbo likes to use a tight end some, a lot of times, like, two tight ends. So uh, it'll be interesting how they incorporate that a little bit more this season as well. Travis, we appreciate you joining us, man. Enjoy the rest of fall camp. We'll be catching up with you, all right? You got it. Thanks, guys.